Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping everything that happened at the Rose Bowl, the history that was made there, and we'll give you guys an in-depth look at what happened against Chivas as we reign victorious against them as well. We'll talk a bit of club news as a lot has been going on from the last time I spoke to you guys, so plenty to talk about. Discussions, a player has retired. We'll talk more into detail about that. I know that my certain co-host might be a little bit thrilled by the announcement, uh, but let me introduce him. It is none other than Chris Rivera himself. Chris, how are you, my friend? What's up, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Kind of. We always talk about the weather. <laughs> I don't know how else to start these conversations. <laughs> But for me, it's just yeah. like, bro, wait, why is it hot still? It's October. <laughs> That's just how <laughs> no, I feel, bro. 100%. 100%. And I, you know, usually I do start it because it is a little warm uh, still in, in the room that I'm recording. And I'm like, damn, it's October. This should not be happening. But if it gives you any bit of comfort, it should be our last little heat strike, a heat wave, excuse me, for this week. And everything looks like it's going to be nothing but cool weather from now on. Hopefully it's cool weather until May, bro. <laughs> I just want like nothing but fresh air, bro. I don't know about you, but I'm just the type to really sweat when it's hot. I that man. I just want to put my hoodie on, feel for a bit. Same, same, absolutely same. Um, and more so because I felt it. It's a perfect segue into what we're gonna start talking about. It's the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl game. So obviously I was there covering the game for the podcast and everything, and my goodness, was it hot. And it wasn't dramatically hot. Like, like we've had hotter days in California, but it was like maybe 91 degrees or something. It was like peak heat while I was walking around taking pictures. And I got to a point where I was just, I was sweating. I, I was exhausted. I was dehydrated at one point. I just thought I was going to faint. Well, I'm a little, being a little bit dramatic here, but I just thought to myself, man, it's been a minute since I felt like this. And it, it wasn't even that ridiculously hot for me to be like overwhelmed, but I think it just goes to show the Californian in me just thinking it's too hot for October. The thing that it was, bro, because I went to to a the you know what CBX is the the, the border thing from the Tijuana Airport to California. You know what that is where again? CBX, the CBX border yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, bridge. yeah, yeah. I want to go get my pick up my dad. And the thing is, bro, the sun was just beaming on the whole time. I think that's what it was, bro. It wasn't that it was like incredibly hot. It's just that the sun was beaming on. Like it was just awful, man. So I feel you. I agree with you. I wasn't in LA for that the game, but I know for a fact that it was just super annoying. Then it was crowded too. I don't know if you were within the people, but I'm sure it was just like, oh my God, bro. Like, oh yeah, dude. I was, I was. I was in there, like, just in every nook and cranny that I could get myself into to try to take pictures and uh, video and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to post a TikTok later so people can kind of see what the game day coverage like is, is like and, and maybe get a little grasp of what we do. But, yeah, no, the sun was definitely beaming. But, uh, I mean, kudos to everyone there. They had their refreshments. They either had a water, soda, or beer. So they, they definitely had the upper hand on me. I was going in there with no refreshments whatsoever. Until I got to the press box, so yeah, um, you know they 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 were standing long and, and 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 strong. So shout out to everyone who's tailgating. Shout out to everyone actually that went to the stadium. Uh, obviously, there was a record breaker: eighty six thousand one hundred and thirty four people showed up to the game. And I'm gonna be honest with you; I think it might have been more than just that, Chris. Oh yeah, I agree. I think it was a lot more. It looks stacked, bro. Like I, it just looked. Incredible, you know, and which other teams in the region is going to pull those numbers? I think it has to be the two top clubs in Mexico. 
It's funny because whenever, obviously, Mexico, uh, not Mexico, excuse me, America announced that this this game was going to be played here uh, against Chivas at the Rose Bowl, automatically I thought, well, you know, they they just also had announced that uh, El Trafico, well, I think it was already passed already, that El Trafico had already passed, it was already played, I think, and I was curious this kind of compare and contrast, and I'm looking at the both pictures, and I'm just thinking, wow, we were definitely the clear winners in this one. I'm not just talking about the game itself, but I think it was a pretty decent game. Maybe could have been a little bit better, but fan-wise, I mean, the show that both sets of fans put out was phenomenal. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not one to credit Chivas in anything, but, you know, their fan base showed up and, and, and made themselves present just as much as America. I would dare to say, and some people might call, call me crazy or might, might, might say it wrong, it looked like it was very much 50-50 up to a point where I think I want to say it was around minute like 60-ish where I think mostly all the fans had made their way back to their seat. And I want to say it was maybe 60-40 America. I, maybe 55-45. I don't know, but it, I think America just won it by a hair. There, you know, But it's still, it was jam-packed. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely amazing. I have never seen a stadium that field it's very much electric and i mean absolutely kudos to all all the people that went there whether chivas or america like absolutely made history and seeing it play out in front of you know the way that it did at the rose bowl just absolutely amazing so kudos to all of you guys shout out to you guys um shout out to primetime too for for making the event possible doing everything behind behind the curtains to make this a reality and again kudos to them shout out to them they always do an amazing job and I mean, what more can we say? But just absolutely grateful to be part of that and, and bring coverage because our pictures were flying everywhere on Twitter, Chris. <laughs> they were taking credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. Absolutely, they were. I'm always thinking, I was like, what would Mexico Twitter do without our pictures for these type of games? And you, because they like, always like to do an incredible job, bro. Like, you really take the best pictures. Like, like, I, the, the, the edit, everything is perfect. So I don't even blame them for like trying to claim it, you know, because it's like <laughs> they're really good pictures. They're wallpaper type pictures, I'm being honest. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, we 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 try to produce the best that we can here on the podcast. And uh it was funny because I, we've we've been doing this for over five years already. And so obviously been there taking some really good pictures and they've used them. And I was like, at, at one point I was just getting tired. I was like, I need a I need a watermark this or something. And uh, eventually ended up finding out how to do so. And, and so it's just funny because I don't think they notice that they're just copying and pasting. And our watermark is clearly right there at the bottom of the corner. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. But uh, I guess we could take some pride in, in, in that, knowing that they're, uh, they're, they're using our content as well. So, but I mean, let's talk in general about this game. Obviously the big takeaway was we were missing what? 10 players. So 11. 10 players, 11, excuse me. 11. 11 players playing against what do you want to call it? The a squad against Shiba's and being able to produce the game that we, that we played out. I thought it was interesting that, you know, we played as well as we did against what in theory should have been a much stronger side than us, but it goes to showcase that it, this team has depth and not just depth, depth, but talented depth that extends itself pretty well. I'm not saying that, this team is capable of going and winning the Liga itself without the starters, but it's good to know that we can call on these players if and when needed. Yeah, man. And it, it's crazy that it was 11 players and they had uh, outside of the ones that got suspended, but let's be honest. So for me, it, 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 it's key that, because I don't, I don't know, bro. I guess let's talk about Jardine, right? I think we haven't had this conversation in a while. Has the team finally understood what he wants, or do you think he adjusted to what the players? I think that was. I think they met down the middle. I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. They met down the middle. I think there was some fine details that he wanted perfected, especially when when playing out out the back, and in that final third that just wasn't clicking. That I think he just said, "Okay, you guys get to this point, and then we can maybe." you know, tweak a little bit and the players seem a lot more comfortable and they seem like they're a hundred percent 
devoted to what the game plan is now. And I think it is a factor of they've had the time to work a little bit more under the manager and also the manager tweaking a little bit and playing to some of these players' strengths. If we're being honest, I, I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's plain and simple to see if you're looking at this America from this point on to the America that we had two months ago, three months ago, it's night and day. Yeah, completely. And it gets me excited because I'm going to be honest, I'd rather have this team figure each other out later, right? Instead of like, like early, because I feel a lot of the times these teams just got too predictable, right? They're going to go out, do this, and then Liga comes and, well, the other teams already know how to game plan. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just too predictable. And I feel with Jardine, you do, you start with this team. With, it just feels like they're just starting to understand each other. You know, I don't know if you agree, but Sendejas and Los Suarez didn't necessarily have a great start of the season. I feel like they were confused to what Jardine wanted. Not wanted yeah. And now you're starting to see them, like, perform to what it, or have an impact not not, not necessarily perform I, I do think they both but they are making an impact while back then you didn't really feel that no I, I agree I agree with you and you know what the sucky thing about it is that I think Leo Suarez probably had the better of season than Sendejas to start off but unfortunately because of the injuries to Valdez he's been pushed to that camp spot and I think he struggled a little bit to understand that role and he played it in, in, in the game against Chivas and looked okay, all right. You know, he showed some moments here and there. So I think Leo Suarez has had a little bit more of the more difficult task, which is playing two roles in, in, in under one season. And so kudos to him for being able to at least showcase a little bit of, of, of bright moments here and there, especially whenever he does have to play that number 10 role. But you're right, I, that we're seeing a much better America side. And I think it also helps that you finally got yourself a tall defender. Chris, I think that's something that you would definitely yeah. agree. I mean, you said yeah. it yourself. One of the advantages of getting Igor was he was going to give us an aerial advantage that we definitely lacked for some time now. And it, it just shows, it just shows absolutely shows how confident America is not just on attacking on a set piece, but defending a set piece as well. And again, that's crucial in, in all aspects. And that was my argument when we had the dinner talk on, on the group chat. It wasn't necessarily me saying, let's go sign this spectacular defender. It was more, this is our weakness, this is what we're good at, you know? I, I understand your, your, your counter-argument was not going into a team. He's never been in a team with these type of expectations. And for me, it was just, well, he covers the boxes of what we need in the next guy I think Igor is the same thing. You know, he's just being himself, if we're being honest. Yeah, he hadn't played since May. You know, like, that, that, that tells you a lot. It's not just like, oh, he got or Mind you, he's not a bad player. He got, he's a really good player. But the fact that he's just able to be plugged in, be himself, and just make an impact like that. And Ramon Juarez is also good in the air, right? Also helps him. I think that it's just been a, a perfect... Uh, chemistry or a bit of a perfect match between them two. And I don't even think uh, Igor and Israel Reyes look that bad either. I think Israel Reyes maybe is a little bit more uh, clumsy in a way, but I don't think they were a bad matchup either. No, they weren't. They weren't. And look, I'll tell you this much, you know, talking more in regards to, to the game and, and what we were seeing being played out in the Rose Bowl, she was definitely had the upper hand in the beginning, right? The, the goal that America scores is definitely against the run of play. And We'll talk a little bit more about that goal because my goodness, was it, was it amazing? I just, I, I've talked to you guys about it and I said it is the best goal I've ever seen in live, in person while I'm there. Best goal I've ever seen covering America, just hands down. But before that, Chivas is on us, right? Oscar Tamina has to make a great save. Just moments after that, Chivas gets a header inside the box. It goes wide. You know, from there on, America gets the goal kick and then, you know, we score, which is definitely against the run of play. Chivas was definitely more so on top of us. And even after we score the goal, I, I think they come and they press us a little bit more, but it just goes to show that defensively, the player that looked the most solid, I would say, was definitely Igor, right? So yeah. it, it's, it's definitely paying off. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, 
he can continue this good run of spell. Not just, you know, from here on to the year, to the end of this contract, which would be, what, December? Mm. So, we'll see. And, and hopefully it's not one of those things where he just has an amazing first season, you know, sign him up for a second one, and then, you know, things look a little sideways and this and that. Hopefully Vignettes. he can just be consistent. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Another <laughs> Yeah. No, 100%. But look, he's, he's, I think you mentioned that he, he's enjoying himself at America. He's playing what he wants to play at. And so, given that liberty, he's definitely come out and look like the best center back that you, you could have possibly picked up in this summer transfer window for America. And that's crazy to think because he was like literally like a deadline day purchase. So, literally, I mean, remember, like all the Sergio Ramos. And and you really think about it, he wasn't close, but he wasn't far either from being a signing. You really think about it. You know, yeah, they, gave, no, yeah. they thought about it. It was one of those situations yeah. where they said, give me some time, I'll think about it. And then you're not mad where he ended up going. Like, okay, cool, you know, like and then but then you kind of look at the list and you're just like, man, like, you know, you, I, I wasn't necessarily mad at the Igor signing. I just knew like if it doesn't plan out, he's not married to the guy. And if he does good, then he does good. You know, it's not like he didn't have the potential, right? He, the group in Cruz Azul, he was really good. And I believe it was, what, Nekata, right? He was in Nekata before that, and he was really good there, too. He was a name that we probably wanted when he was in Nekata. Like, just like the other players, right? He goes to the Middle East and doesn't plan out over there. But Tigres and if I'm being honest with you, all of Tigre's center backs aren't good. So it might not even be a, a player thing. It might be a coaching thing over there. So we, we might have gotten a steal. And like you said, hopefully it's not just a right now thing. And then later on, it, he, he sucks, right? Hopefully it continues. But even then, I don't know if you agree with me, but I would still be in the center back uh, window next uh, next transfer window. Maybe. Yeah, look, there's maybe, there's the. Yeah, there's still a lot to kind of consider with a lot of moving pieces for America this this uh, January transfer window. But I mean, we'll get to the nitty gritty of it later on once the season's yeah. over. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there's still some reinforcements to be made, and you know, we'll maybe talk about it in a different podcast of all these confirmed rumors that we have these two signings confirmed. And God, this Twitter account that just boils my blood every time I see him tweet. But nonetheless, let's you know get back to the to to the Igor thing and, and, and the game itself. Like I mentioned, right? Chivas was on top of us and rightfully so. They they looked to be the better side, but America didn't really I mean America bent, but they never really broke and, and, and they showcased, right? I mean, after that Chivas header that goes, you know, wide of the mark, America then uh, kicks off in typical Hardine fashion, which is their typical uh way of of, of um going on. I mean, you guys weren't able to see it if you're watching the Tudenic commentary because for some reason, I don't know why they were just messing around and Tudenic has this tendency of always doing the wrong thing at the at the right time for for the viewer, um, which I'm assuming you saw it better, Chris, because you were watching it on Peacock, right? Yeah, I was watching it on Peacock. It was a beauty. <laughs> it was a beauty. <laughs> so you got to see it in, in, in its live glory. Um, and Jason got to see it as well, too. He's saying, saw that goal live that was amazing so just to describe it and i'll try to do it just as much as i can but forgive me Quinones, if, if i do not because again it was truly stunning so america goes takes off and and gets uh the goal kick they start playing out of their box they, they find their way their ball all the way to the left hand side with uh cabecita running down the wing and as cabecita is running a little pocket of space opens that he passes it through to Quinones. Mind you, Quinones is still, what do you want to say? 25, almost 30 yards out. The ball is bouncing when he receives it. And the man doesn't even think about it twice. Looks up, takes the shot as the ball is mid-air dropping to his feet. And as you're watching this live, whatever angle you're looking at it from, you're seeing the shot take off and you're thinking to yourself, no way, like he's, He's overheaded or something. Because the way the ball is curving, you're thinking, oh, that's going out. But I don't know what it was, if it was the LA winds or what it was, but it just curved so beautifully into that top corner that the goalkeeper was even stunned. And and all of us in, in just 
awe. I mean, the America fans celebrated the, the reporters in the press box, which is kind of like, no way did he just try that and no way did he just score that. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. I was sitting and behind me were two Chivas players, right? It was the Chivas uh, people that, that run the, um, their Twitter accounts, right? The social media accounts. And um, <laughs> it was funny because that play just prior they had, they were like almost celebrating that they scored, but they were kind of like, oh, darn it, like almost, almost, right? And just dead silent, like absolute dead silent as that goal goes in. And they're just kind of like, like, what could they say, right? Like they were just like, he did it again. Quinones did it again to them. And I thought it was the most hilarious thing possible because I just kind of, I, I, I could see a little bit of their faces and they're just kind of like, no way, you know? And so I, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. My homie went to the game and he was telling me that, bro, like, for six minutes, everyone was still, like, black, like, stunned from the goal. It's crazy, bro. You know, he's even said, he said, that's the best goal I've ever seen. And you said it yourself, too. Like, the best goal I've ever seen. No, yeah, absolutely, man. That's what you said, Absolutely. You're you're his biggest critic, but you said, I want to see what they say he he does and what he is, right? And you see some of the goals he had in Atlas. Little banger, and that's a little tease, I guess you could say, right? Because it's a friendly, it's not a. An, but if it was, if this was in a Ligia, like, bro, just imagine the momentum that is of that type of goal, energy, you know? No, oh no, and 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 the level just raised after that for America. Like they knew they were like, all right, we're in this. Like you know, regardless of our in our um absences, like we are in this, and. I mean, the the stadium erupted. The, the America fans made themselves loud and clear, and it's just phenomenal. Absolutely amazing goal. I mean, whoever whoever found themselves recording that moment in real time and were, was able to capture that in their phone gallery, kudos to you because, my goodness, is that a gem? Absolutely beauty. And look, this stadium has been, has seen so many great goals. Right. And just from talking about a Mexican perspective, the last great goal that we saw in that stadium was probably Giovanni Dos Santos uh, chip on 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 Howard in that Gold Cup final. I'm not saying that this was to that level. I think that one was way much more golazo and a lot more difficult. But it's up there as really good, like like really amazing golazo. So where where again. was Aguilar's goal at? Um, the Coliseum, no? Was it was in LA though, right? Yeah, it was in LA. I, I don't remember. I just remember that. I was gonna say maybe that one too. Was Paul Aguilar was there too, right? I saw pictures. Yeah, of him. he was. Yeah, Paul Aguilar was there. He was there. They gave him. They gave him and Luis Hernandez kind of a little bit of a like a commemorative little award. He was, you know, just a little something to kind of. Say thank you to these players and all that stuff. That's but that's, um, that's great. I would wish they gave him a farewell farewell game, but I guess Layun kind of took that right as farewell classical. Yeah, yeah. This was an interesting one, and I guess maybe we can get on the topic now because you know this was kind of an interesting thing that America did. So as the players were warming up, uh, like maybe five minutes into it, they kind of all huddled up in the middle of the of the pitch, and I took picture of it. And, you know, they, they came out, they gave, uh, you know, a little tribute to Miguel Ayun. Obviously he announced that he's retiring after the end of the season. And so it was kind of like a little nice goodbye in, in a way for him to say, you know, goodbye to the fans in the U S obviously alluding to the fact that I don't think America is going to come and play in the U S again, at least for the remainder of this year. So it was, it, it was nice to see that, you know, they, they, did a little something for him. Obviously, the fans, surprisingly enough, were very good receptives of that. So they, they applauded him. They cheered. Not a lot of boos. I, I was afraid that there might be. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm again, it, it was a good reception. And I thought a, a nice little tribute to, to Leon because, of course, everything and anything that he's done has been looked at in a microscope in 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 an America jersey. So, you know, he's, he's, he's hit the lows of the lows and hit the highs of the highs with this team. And so I think it's just a, a good sending off farewell for, for him here in the States. So 
I, I think he's one of those players that very much a lot of people love and a lot of people hate at the same time. So, I mean, I don't it is even what think it it's is. Real hatred, either. I think it's just more of a no. I think it's just mo- the moment of criticism, it. you know. Harsh. Yeah, because even me, like, if I step back and look at his career, you admire, it. but in the moment, you get mad. Like, it feels more of a privileged thing from him than a earned thing. I guess you could say. Like, you watch him play, and it's just like, why are you playing over someone else that can? Younger players, right? You would imagine someone of this caliber would understand like it's time for someone younger to step up instead of me. But it feels like he kind of says, Oh, I'm carrying the team. I don't know. This is vibes that you get on social media. But when you step back and look at a career and you look even in a America career, like for me, I've always had this argument that he's not a club legend because he, he had more bad years than good years. But that one good year that he had, I, no one's going to deny that, right? He, no, he absolutely won two not. Titles, two titles. Well, he won almost two titles because he, he in the in the 2013 one, it was not necessarily because of him. But the next one, he was captain. You know, he was captain, and then he wins and goes to Europe. And look at his Europe. Like he doesn't get enough credit for his Europe. And then no, he no, he definitely to Mexico, doesn't. and he gets to, he wins the title with Monterrey. It's not a bad. It's a great career. You know, it's, it's a really great career. Probably one of the better careers that we were being honest from a Mexican player. No, absolutely. I mean, he's a very decorated player with a, a very good trajectory, not just in Mexico, but in Europe as well. I mean, not to say that he played in the highest of highs, but the man, the man played Champions League. The, you know, the man played Brother, Premier League. Brother, he <laughs> Europe in assists. That's how like great he was. Like, if yeah, he, he had a year where he led Europe in assists. And and that's not just like and as a left back, it wasn't like he was playing like like that was like his first or second year with Porto, and he was like top assist. You know, like he wasn't just like it's a great career, and you don't want to like crap on 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 him or anything, right? So you do feel bad when you after you do. So like I'm glad that we are able to at least celebrate here and his time with his accomplishment accomplishment with Amelia. No, absolutely, absolutely, and I think he he definitely enjoyed that, and he was happy. I, I mean, as any player would, and so, like I said, it was a very good tribute. But you know, AP Junior saying, uh, "Thank God el el pertardo se retira." And shout out to AP Junior too because he was the first comment that said, "Let's go playing FIFA and listening to my favorite podcast." So shout out to AP Junior. Are you are you playing FIFA or EAFC? That's that's a, a real question. <laughs> If, no, I think he's playing FIFA, like, but he's probably playing FIFA 22. That's the last FIFA that America's in. So he's probably playing that one. Yeah. So okay. shout out to you, AP. That one makes the most sense to me, at least from my, from my perspective. I think that's, that's what he's doing. Um, but you know what the funny thing is? Uh, the first ever Clásico that I covered was America Chivas at the Coliseum. It was a was farewell there. tribute to oh, Moises Munoz. Moises Munoz, my bad, yeah. Yeah, so, and this one kind of was a farewell tribute to Miguel Ayun, you know? It was, yeah. what, 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 was what, 2018? Yeah, it was 2018. So it was five years apart. Look at that. That's crazy. It's been five years since that game. Five years since that game. Bro. Which, by the way, Guido scored a, a great goal. Not a golazo, yeah. but it was a great goal. 1-1, one, one, right? Yes, 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah, I went to that game. I, I get sad, bro, when we like you look back because I think lockdown <laughs> is going our lives, bro. No, it didn't. 100%. So close. It didn't feel that far, bro. Five years. Yeah, Machisim played that game too, right? Second half? Second half, Machisim plays that game, yeah. Yeah, bro. That's it's crazy, man. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But AB Jr. confirmed he's playing EAFC 24, so I guess he'll probably yeah, go back to FIFA 22, yeah. Yeah, He'll go back to America in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's mod, he play, he's playing with mods. <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, so interesting stuff to note take right there when when they've come to to LA, they've always put on a show. So that was awesome. That was great. And again, to everyone that I saw out there, and to everyone that you know was willing to take pictures and be part of the coverage, and to everyone that really showed up, absolutely amazing. Um. 
I mean, again, what more can I say? It's, it's phenomenal. And I felt honored to be part of that, making history with 86,000 people in attendance in that city. It was just crazy. You know who was there? Jen Munoz. Oh, really? Yeah, and you know what? She wasn't sitting so she wasn't so far away from the press box because I saw her story at halftime, and I was like, "Hey, I know exactly where that's at." And I was like, "That's like literally next door to us." I unfortunately wasn't able to. Um, just with everything, it it gets hectic covering a game by yeah, yourself, and yeah. so I I did I did want to reach out to her to maybe see if I can get a word from her or two, but I just I lost track of time, and you know, you always have to keep an eye on with the porra because you never know what they're gonna do. So I, I'm always like kind of in the, all right, I'm got the camera ready. I got my phone ready just in case. And at the same time, you have to cover the game going on. So it, it was crazy, but shout out to Jen. She was out there. She, uh, she went to support uh, the, you know, America in her hometown. So that's dope. You know, it's dope to see like former women's players showing love like that. You know, cause it's, it's, a, it's a new, newer team, right? So yeah. It's dope to see that they're still there, you know, communicating or supporting the club and, you know, this is just super dope. So I got a question for you, brother. Go for so it. Have you have you covered every uh, an the game in every California or LA stadium? Yes. Whenever so since 2018 and on, I have gone to every single game that America has played at, with the exception of one game and one game only. And you were at that game. We lifted a trophy that day. At the, the Campeones de Campeones? Campeones de Campeones was the only game I was yeah. not able to get accredited for. I, w- I, w- I was there. How was that thing? And you know what the funny I thing about up, that bro. is? <laughs> I threw up in the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I That's how nervous I was. <laughs> Dang. You're like, those, yeah. those Baker Rap hot dogs came right back out. No, I, I, was, I didn't eat the whole day because I knew I was going to get nervous, bro. Cause you know the feeling <laughs> in the morning was just like yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not gonna eat. I know, bro. I'm nervous, bro. <laughs> Let's just say the nervous. And I was right behind Dang. the porteria where my team scored. The... Dang. No, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. I, would, I would, I definitely felt like that too, and I was watching from home. So, but yeah, so that's well, that's the only was, one. Uh, mm-hmm. My question is, uh, rank them, rank the stadium, bro, or like how. Or just overall, like this is a, your experience. Just Oof, okay. Yeah, this this is a tricky one. This is a difficult one, but it's a really good question. Um, hands down, I'm gonna go this Rose Bowl as the number one because oh, just with everything, the record breaker, the Quinones goal, the fact that it was a classico, just top, top, top. Worst place to get out of traffic, though. Just I was, I was stuck in traffic take, for like an take hour. Everything into, take, yes, everything no, trust together, me. I am, I'm taking everything into consideration. Um, so that is definitely still, though, number one. Um, I, you know, after that, I'm going Dignity Health Sports Park. I mean, America's played there plenty of times, right? And I'm just going based off stadiums here. So Dignity Health Sports Park, I think, goes second just because it's a easy. great stadium, easy access, easy to go in, easy to get out. I mean, big enough crowd. It, does, it doesn't get too hectic. It's just a good overall environment. And, and truly, I love that stadium. And not just because, you know, I, I, I support the Galaxy or whatever, but it's just the first ever stadium actually I've ever been to. Honestly. <laughs> honest, honest, yeah, no, yeah. This is the very first stadium I remember. I remember my dad took me to watch America Depot versus Center. Chivas USA. The Home Depot Center was called at the time. And <laughs> I, I, I went as what uh, people in England would call a full kit wanker. So <laughs> I went 100% in like America jersey, America shorts, America socks. Like I went all decked out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, put me in coach, put me in when the penalties were going on. But um yeah, so uh, for me, that, that that stadium always has a little bit of a sentimental value. Um, so the fact that I've been able to go cover there, that's that's been cool. Um, the third one is going to be the Coliseum. Uh, I, not, I, I know a lot of people say it, but you don't really truly see it until you go behind the scenes. The Coliseum is falling apart. Like, <laughs> it, it really oh, yeah. is. Like, it's, it's an right. old stadium. And it, uh, <laughs> I remember when I was covering that America, America game, I was 
going to the press box. And to go to the press box, you have to go and go behind the curtains of it all. And you go through the elevators and this and that. And you just saw all this kind of construction going on. And it just looked like, like I got on the elevator to go up to the press box. And I was like, I think this is, might be the last elevator I ever get into. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was scary. We're still um, better than well, I, I, oh, you know what? There, that's the other one that I'm there, I'm there being to SoFi. So the SoFi oh, game, okay. yeah, which... Yeah, I thought you went to SoFi. That's all I was asking. No, like. if I would have gone to SoFi, maybe that would have been different. I think that would have gone a little bit higher, maybe second, just because of what I've heard about that stadium. But... What about the San Diego one? You went to that one. San Diego is right after that one. Um, Look, really nice, really clean, really good. It's just the distance. You have to travel. You know, yeah. go all the way to yeah. San Diego, and the parking was a little bit of a mess. Not too crazy, but it was a little bit of a mess. And far um, from the freeway, well, not that far, but it seems like it's a pain in the butt. It can be, it can be, especially going as a fan because I went there to go watch Manchester United play. Then, uh, like a month later, and yeah, it was it was a nightmare. Um, and then after that, I would say. <laughs> you're gonna think this is crazy but america played a game at a baseball stadium in fresno played against atlas it was the very first game we ever went I to cover that. it i think as, I as that. yeah this is the very first game we ever went to cover it as as um as a podcast we, we had 300 followers on twitter at that point um <laughs> it was the first time we ever got credentials i drove i drove there up myself like like by myself like where i'm from to fresno is what, four hours so, mind you, four hours, baseball stadium. And it, that's why it's, it's only at the bottom. But I have nothing but the best things to say about the people who um, who oh, ran that place, who worked there. And I actually got to meet Ted Brooks there. So he was in charge of the Club America English account at the time. He actually came up to me, recognized me, spoke to me, um, which I thought was crazy. I'm like, how does this guy know me? I'm a nobody. We got 300 followers. like. We, we we're just some random guys just talking on on the internet about America, and it's so career mode videos, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> career mode stuff too. Yeah. I didn't know you that you did that, and then I remember I was doing. Yeah. So how did you meet Ivan? Because of YouTube, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Did you get career mode? I'm like, what? I found that out like so late, bro. Like, I didn't know that. Are yeah. Just watching that because I'm like super into like career mode. Yeah, dude. Oh man, I I used to love it. I just I never really finished any of the series, but I, I always had fun. Um, and so I mean, a lot of people kind of saw that, and then I got exposure because of that. But no, yeah, but it 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 would definitely go last the Fresno one just because of the distance, the travel. Um, it was definitely one of those. You know, it it kind of sucks that that has to be your first game having to go all the way over there. Um, but yeah, I mean. Still, so like I said, nothing Dallas. but great things to say. The Dallas or Houston? So I've been to Dallas. I've been to Houston. I've been to Chicago. Oh, um, those all of those like those rank in, in in different spots, but really cool, really really great stuff. Um, you've been to Austin? No, sorry, San Antonio too, because of <laughs> America. So it just it, it, look there's a lot of history in the EOI podcast one day we'll sit down and, and then we'll discuss all of the stuff that's gone uh behind the scenes We've, i've always had nothing but great interactions with people i saw turco mohammed for the very first time in person at uh, the houston game it was america's playing monterrey and he was the coach and i kid you not we were standing maybe like four feet me and dylan were standing four four feet away from turco mohammed i look over at dylan i tell him that's kid you not this is the very first thing I tell Dylan when I see Turco Mohammed, I'm like, Dylan, like those are the tightest skinny jeans I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and he just laughs and he agrees with me. Dude, I kid you not, man. Like, I don't know how that man could walk in those. You can see Let it on TV, bro. <laughs> you can see it on TV, too. I was like, Jesus, man. I was just like, and he's he's a short man, right? So he's he looks like your typical like Mexican tío that still wants to be hip and young, like. But his clothes picked, like his clothes outfits were just not it. So, yeah, I'm telling you, we we I got a lot of great stories about covering America here in the states. So uh, one day, one we day we'll do sit down and, and we yeah, we'll do sit down and we'll have a chronicle on on all the all the fun stuff we've been able to do and and all the great interactions we've had. So. 
this has been fun. We, we've, 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 we've seen, we've seen some stuff that's just, it's, it's been great. So. Ah, but yeah, no, that was a great, that's a great memory. Thank you, Chris, for the question, man. Thank you. We haven't even touched on the second goal. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Which is, let's, 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 let's just do that. So we don't yeah. spend too much time here talking. Um, funniest goal though to be honest it goes in in like slow motion in real life and i'm pretty sure that's what it looked like on tv as yeah, well yeah. it's the funniest thing because the cheapest players clear but it had obviously already by then gone gone through the line so great cross from uh and miss mari really one mm-hmm. thing i don't know if you, if you agree but I, I always had this issue with young where they don't pick the ball hard enough I don't know if, if you agree with that, but anytime we debuted a player or, or a young player, right, they would always try to shoot or pass hard or cross, and he just he's never put any strength to it. Just the fact yeah, that no. he, it was perfectly curved in, and, and and usually those type of crosses just for us just doesn't go through. I don't know if, if it's just, we don't have good like players or whatever or that cross or, or we do have good players that cross, but we don't have the finishers, I guess you could say, right. And that just passes to two defenders, and you see King Nunes like, like stumble across it, <laughs> and he like barely taps in, just like bounces in all slow and like you said, slow motion. Great, great goal, great, great pass, you know, great cross, and I like that. I, I, I'm high on him, man. I, I think really during his uh, Pachuca days when he was in the academy, he left, kind of. Disappeared when he was in over here in the state, but I'm I hope they give him those opportunities. Yeah, no, I agree. And look, he I was not very high on Bruce whenever I saw him play. I think it was against Santos that we played at, at Dignity Health Sports Parks, and I was like, and I, I knew the hype behind him, and I just didn't see it in that game. And then there was another friendly where again I didn't see it, and I'm like, hmm. But this one, he showed out, and I mean. You saw the cross. You saw you saw what he was producing on that right wing. He looked very comfortable on the ball, and like he was playing to what he wanted to play. And so, yeah, I I think he's a player that gradually we need to continue to kind of incorporate him. Um, and you know it's not an easy task. He has quite the competition, right? Sendejas, Leo. Um, but if he can come in do a job, I mean, look, this squad is going to need heavy rotation this coming up year with. Calf Champions League and you know all these other friendlies scheduled as well. Such a tight League Cup again, yeah. So a a lot of opportunities for these players to showcase. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, again, great cross and good goal. I mean, I don't know what what you would have to say about it. Yeah, great goal. And like I said, like a slow motion and Quinones being there. That's because I think uh, one of the things. We criticize, right? You're more harder on him than I am, but, but I do, I do think uh, there's times where he plays a little bit too out, and he's not necessarily there where he needs to be. Not his fault. Yeah. He's not a natural nine. Right? Yeah, but the fact that he's there, even if he gets it weird, well, then that's all that matters, right? The perfect positioning and a goal, right? He gets two goals on Chivas. Like what else? And it's, it's momentum thing. Now he, we have this expectation from him that okay, now with the main squad, you're gonna continue do, doing these numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I, great positioning by him. Great header. I mean, places it exactly where it needs to go. And like again, it rolls in the slowest of ways, small slow motion and everything. But um, yeah, it was, it was it was just one of those things where you're like, wow, I can't believe it actually went in. And yeah, it went in, and again the Chivas guys all of a sudden got very quiet again. So it was a it was a funny one again to kind of look over and be like, "Wow, well, you know what?" It's you kind feel of interesting. Tension? Like, does it feel like a tension thing inside those those boxes? No, no, not necessarily. Well, you know what? This is an interesting thing, and and I'll say this about my time covering America in a press box: the only time I have ever seen anyone get rowdy at a press box has always been these Chivas guys. So the guys that work in the press box the for Chivas, right, which is the social media guys, they have a tendency to show their colors a little bit too much. Like, you're already wearing the uniform. Like, we can tell who you're with. Like, 
you don't need to cheer and celebrate like if you're another fan out there in in the stands. Like, you know, we're all trying to be professional, courteous, and just kind of do our job. Not not to say that everyone is following that, right? There's some people that showcase that show their true colors inside that press box, maybe shouldn't necessarily be doing so if you're trying to be kind of quote unquote professional. But <laughs> these Chivas guys take a little bit more to the extreme. Like I'm telling you, like they are like like fans, literally fans in there, like cheering. Like if you're watching this game at home through the TV and you're just like, oh my gosh, pass the ball or oh my God, I can't believe that almost went in. Like those type of stuff, right? And I'm just kind of I'm I personally don't like it. I'm just like, dude, come on, like just you know, just go sit outside and watch the game if that's that's how you want to be. Like yeah. you know? And so it was funny because when I covered the game at the Coliseum, <laughs> the people at uh that were inside the press were like, hey, like you gotta simmer down like i get you're with chivas but you got to keep it professional because i think they were trying to argue like no with the club this and that and i'm just like nah so yeah i did the only people that i feel like have ever gotten that rowdy to that point where you kind of a little bit annoyed by it is 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 them and midwestern chola says isn't there a rule uh to not cheer for any team in the press box and yes that that's that's the rule so you know that's the standard and the fact that they're not following it i think is is a little bit disrespectful because i mean i didn't see him this time but the america the america guy he he's always there in the press box he's always just very professional always keeps on a very serious face i don't know if that's how he is or or he's just trying to give that persona that look that he's very professional in that sense but always just an america scores America gets conceded or America almost scores like just always kind of professional straight to the point never any issue of like him getting loud or rowdy or anything like that so you know I, I think that's the standard because obviously there's people that go there with an agenda of like okay like for us like we are pro America right because that's who we cover but like I'm not going to sit there and scream and, and, and shout and yeah. celebrate like if I'm watching it on TV because I have to go out there and I'm representing the podcast. I'm representing the institution. So I have to go out there and be professional. So I just think it's a little bit, I guess, bad on them to look like that. So I, I don't know. Well, Midwestern Total just said it. I agree with her. They never been seen. <laughs> I'm professional. I was, about say, I was about to say, I was going to say the same thing, bro. But I was like, should I just not say it? Like, should I be professional right now? He's right. Every Chivas fan, well, most, I'm not going to generalize, but most Chivas fans in me are very like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and an interesting thing to kind of note take right there. But, um, but look, not to, you know, paint the, the the game in a different light but overall it was it was a good game good environment we saw some great goals and we saw some good things and overall 10 out of 10 for me at the rose bowl and i think for the fact that america played this game in a friendly i would say pretty good result no injuries and we walk away with a w what more could we want and and that's exactly what you want you don't want uh which we're gonna talk about while well, this is injury now, right? You yeah, no. Let's just, let's let's jump into into the club news that we need to discuss because I know we're running a little short on time here. So obviously, yeah, Diego yeah. this injured. Um, we don't know how long or how great, uh, how serious the extent of his injury is gonna be, but it looks like it's another muscle injury, which he's kind of been carrying since the league's cup. It's unfortunate. He's our best player, Chris. I mean, but. <laughs> And I, I kind of mentioned this joking around a little bit, but I, it, it really does feel like he's been made out of glass this season. Hey, like I said, bro, in the chat, I really do think we're over, they're overplaying them from League Cup. And not just him, bro. It's other players too. Andrew Martin, League Cup, international break, our games. And then we're playing, I don't know, the league always does. They, they, Federation makes a BS uh, friendly. I don't know where, and then they have to put all these games all pushed in within the same week, right? So to me, it's like we need a we need a just stay like I don't know, bro. Uh, do what they do with with 
Kawhi Leonard, bro. Like, take breaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's frustrating for me, bro, because that's why I'm like super hater when it comes to international. It's not just the Mexican national team, only I get mad at them. Like, why are you calling up your full squad for a pointless friendly when your important games are next summer? You know, that, that's yeah. my beef with a Mexican national. With other national teams, I get it. You're trying to qualify to, to the World Cup. But then for us, it's like, oh, we got to find a way to, like, get other players involved. Like, what? Super frustrating because I feel that's another reason why we're not winning titles. Bro. Like, you get you get players that get injured, and then they come back, don't have momentum. Like, you know, it's just super frustrating with me, and, and I'm always going to prioritize. I've always said it, like, I don't, I don't believe Mexico will ever win a World Cup in my lifetime. America could win a World Cup of clubs. Call me delusional, yeah. call me whatever, you know, like, but if you, I, I have, we, I believe club have better chances at upsetting big teams like that in Europe than a national team that doesn't produce depth for, you know, then they have to force the same players to play, like, and they're all mid. <laughs> like, I, I'm not trying to get into <laughs> yeah. this rant on the national team, but you kind of understand where I'm coming from. Like, it's just they're poorly ran, and they're the reason why they're losing better players. It's what it is, you know? And so I get, yeah. I get mad at that. And so I'm, I just I just want to prioritize the players. You know, don't don't force them. I'm glad Henry Martin only played, like, 20 minutes, and nobody else played. So from that side, we're good. Valdez, hopefully, is just a cramp, you know? Even if he has the mess out the Santos game, so be it. But let's just, you know, let's be careful. Let's just take care of these players, man. And reject these, like, to send them out, too. It would be happy. No, yeah, I, I agree. And and it's a tricky situation with the whole national team and everything, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully, while this is, is, is fine. But, I mean... In hindsight, like you mentioned, it, that at least that's the only thing. I mean, I know it's Valdez, right? So how can you be like uh, that? Be the only thing if it's it's a big hit on us. But I mean, we'll, we'll probably know more about it towards Thursday. How bad it is. So maybe a couple more days out, you'll be flying back in tomorrow, and we'll 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 see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, as far as players and injuries go, I think that's kind of. The only thing I have. And then kind of the big news that's been circulating um, America Twitter, and at least especially after this Rose Bowl game, the potential, I mean, I know it's a stretch here, but the potential opportunity for America to move to the United States for the Clausura of 2024. I mean, look, first of all, I, I tweeted out, like way before this started getting in traction, I got a little bit of heat, right? From, uh, from two people that are saying one, it's technically not physically possible because there's a rule. I think that would, they would have to have I FIFA waive. It's not even a rule. I heard it's not even a rule because I saw that comment and I believed it. And I read later on that it's not a rule. It's just federations don't like, depends on the federation, I guess. Which I think if, if that is the case, I'd look, Mexico's already in bed with some, so it, it wouldn't be crazy enough to think that they would just waive an opportunity for America to come in, make really good money for not just them, but uh, some as well. So, you know, it, it's, it, it looks like it'd be the best option for America, seeing that how there were some reports that even the Estadio Azul wasn't going to be an option for America, and, and, and that kind of was a little bit concerning, so... Obviously, Emilio, uh, Emilio Escarraga talked about it uh, during the, um, uh, what was it, the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame. Uh, the Hall of Fame event. He said that there was one or two surprises that they had potentially lined up for America in regards to where they were going to play. I mean, that's why I think I kind of hinted at the speculation of coming here to L.A. Because, I mean, look, they, <laughs> I, I'm not saying America is going to sell out the Rose Bowl every week, but hey. if they wanted to use it, if they wanted to use it, they could easily fit what, 50, 60,000 people a week? And, and I know that sounds outrageous, but look. On popular opinion, <laughs> we do sell it all pretty much every week. I, I mean, I think it, it, it's doable. At least 60,000 people. 
And and I know that's crazy to think like sixty thousand people like that's that's nuts. I think it's but look, doable, the, bro. Yeah, no, look, these fans do not have the opportunity to come watch America play travel. in the they league. Travel, bro. They travel like, all the way from in New numbers. York, Chicago, uh, everywhere. They travel from everywhere, bro. You see the, the banners, right? You see it all over the, the, the Porra. Like, they're from everywhere. And it's just like, if they do that for a friendly, yeah, bro. And, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think, like, if, if I was running, like, choosing a stadium, I'd do it in Vegas, bro. That's how you guarantee. You guarantee those numbers. Why? Because everyone's going to go to Vegas. I tell you that as a Raiders fan, bro. Like, Raiders fans sometimes don't even show up, and it's nothing but visitor colors. And it's still, like, sold out, like, packed, you know? Like, yeah. just imagine America, where it's just, like, a bigger team than... I would I would go as far as saying they're a bigger team than a lot of NFL teams, and that's probably an unpopular opinion, too. But maybe, like, again, I'm delusional. <laughs> but yeah. I yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. Numbers like that. You know, I do I think America. America will pack numbers like the Cowboys. And I'm sure Dylan agrees with that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would dare to say the same thing. Look, one thing's for sure. We definitely don't have fake fans out there in the stands like said Chargers do. Okay. Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Just hilarious, by the way. But that's, that's for another, another topic. Um, but look, overall, regardless of what they pick, here in the States is guaranteed sold out crowds for them, regardless of how they want to cap the sizes. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about, is this a possibility, right? We talked about the fact that this might have to be a discussion between federations. It may have to be a discussion with the league, the logistics of it all, right? Having to fly in other teams to these, to, to, to the U S and what is it going to mean for the players? Where are they going to live? The logistics that come between every and everything like that, like training facilities, all that stuff. Look, yes, this is a difficult decision to make. And look, this is probably a head scratcher for a lot of uh, um, departments in America. But it's not to say that it's impossible, but I don't want you guys holding your breath thinking that America is going to play a season or two here in the States. I'm not, we're not forecasting it and we're definitely not assuring anyone of it, but could there be a possibility? I would dare to say, yeah, why not? Let's dream about it because it'd be pretty awesome to have America play here in the States and something that no other team has ever done before. And I would dare to say maybe the only team that could possibly find a way to do it would be America. So again, interesting. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much does it in regards to this. Chris, let's just do this real quickly because we're running out of time here and we're a yeah. little bit on the time crunch. So last one, uh, America Santos, obviously this game is going to be an interesting one. We need to find rhythm. We need to keep our, our top form and we need to keep that top spot in the league. So it means that we have to go out there, play, perform, and most importantly, not lose rhythm because we're going to have all those starters back. We're going to have all these players back into the first time 11 and we need to see goals and a good game. So quickly, give me your prediction for the game on Saturday against Santos. It's a tough game, bro. I think a lot of people sleep on Santos. I think we have a hard time playing against Santos. This game is either going to be a very dominant game for us or they do the dominant. Maybe in both teams dominant, right? I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think we're going to see a lot of goals, maybe even a lot of goals, and we tie. But it, I think America pulls off a win. I think I think we we we... we Keep momentum off of uh, of, of the the friendlies. I think we win a three two. Three two. You know what? I had a feeling you were going with that one. All right, three two. Yeah. It's not bad. I can see it happening. You mentioned it, right? Uh, uh, look, I want to give our defense a little bit more credit. I think we're not as leaky as before, but I do think that we might struggle gelling back after this international break. Which, for some reason, I know it's only been a week, but doesn't it feel like it's been like three weeks since we've seen America play in the league? So well, it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be two weeks when the game starts. No, because we played a Friday. Correct. Actually, yeah, you're right. Um, so, weeks. yeah, these tricky situations and everything going on. So, but I'm going to give our defense a little bit more credit, and I think we gel fine there. It's just a little bit creativity issues up top, but I think we're more than capable of managing a result and keeping uh, the number one spot in the league. So, I'm going 2 1. Should be an interesting game regardless. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Eagle Eye Podcast. We'll give you guys up to date with everything going on. Should be a fun one. Should be an interesting one. I 
personally can't wait to see it. it it's one of those games where I think, you know, something's bound to happen. It's hopefully an interesting, entertaining game. And look, all I want is in America to come out, showcase what they've been showcasing, and again, give a compelling result that's going to give us just that much more of a calm feeling. So, for me, 2 1. Good result. It's going to be tough because it's Santos, and Santos always, even if doing bad, good. So we find a way to make things complicated against us. Remember, <laughs> yeah. You remember that Leo Suarez game against us? Yeah, I do. I know. Trust me, I do. Like, there's been a lot. The Oriol Peralta game, I think they beat us for like 4 1 in Liga. You remember that? Oof, yeah, no, no, not not pretty. Not, not, yeah, I don't know, but it was yeah. not a pretty pretty result. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so they're but, always yeah. a headache. But if we strike first, I think it'd be their headache. All I know is yeah. we're missing out on the Brunetta Valdez game if Valdez can't play. But Brunetta might be a future America player just based off history. <laughs> That's true. Well, we'll see what happens. But hey. Chris, thank you so much for taking out the time, uh, grinding this one out and talking all things Blue America. Thank you to everyone that came out and, and talked to us in the chat. AP Jr., Midwestern Cholo, Jason, and everyone out there listening to us. Thank you so much for making this a reality to be able to talk all things America in English. We'll be back next week to cover more things America. And until then, take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Good night, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.